What would really annoy the fans? That's really the only thing that I'm interested in. What do the fans don't want? Let's find out what the fans don't want on Reddit, and then that'll be the next Thor film for me. In the moment, you're like, this is the greatest thing that anyone's ever filmed in the history of filming things. And you get into the edit, you're like, I'd still kind of like it. And yeah. then after about six months of it being in the movie, you realise... It's like it the was most fun on the day. It doesn't have any business being in the movie. It's like a Monty Python sketch. Yeah. It, like a lot, it really, like, about five times, it just gives up on the story and just, like, just, just sits for, like, 10, 15 the minutes. The story and was just sacrificed jokes. for jokes. And then, yeah. Hello and welcome everybody to a bonus episode of the N podcast and it's to coincide with the very recent release of Thor, Love and Thunder. This is going to be spoilers, so if you're going to get Marty Bum about it, then probably switch off now or find me on us on Twitter and tell us that you didn't like it. So we have a little quick talk about it and then we're gonna get into all the nitty gritty or as i'm gonna say this shitty shitty <laughs> so with me as always <laughs> spoiler so with me as always is tim so let's find out how tim is first how you doing pal uh buddy what's up i'm doing great uh it's been a while since we talked in person now everyone should know we talked offline here for about 20 minutes and we were just going over some disappointing sports results yeah those of you know from last time i like the boston celtics they lost the finals so it's been a little while since i've been over that i've had to get over that one um but they'll be back and otherwise it's been good it's it's blazing hot here anyone who's american knows that in the mountain west it's a terrible place to be in july 105 degrees yesterday fry an egg on the road heat isn't it Hell yeah, dude. That's that's like that's like pavement melting under like a car's tire heat. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is um, funny because I was complaining about 28 degrees Celsius here. And then Tim was like, all right, I will I'll start then. <laughs> you you want to talk about eight, dude? You wanna fucking talk about eight? Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, other than that, good. I've been kind of work work busy, but that seems to be well, by this time next week, that'll be all. Well, I'll be back to normal, but it's been, I don't know, pretty busy, pretty hot, pretty sad. But we got a good movie. Well, we have a movie that we'll have a good conversation about. <laughs> yeah, definitely so. Yeah. Definitely How so. are you been, dude? Uh, I'm all right. I just want to add that your excitement for the Celtics was completely contagious. And it became <laughs> my my very localized obsession for uh, 2022. It's enjoyable, though, isn't it? That's sports. If you don't... If you don't get beat, then you don't look forward to the next win. Although when Leicester yeah. won the league and we won almost every game, I can tell you that was decidedly more interesting and enjoyable. Because <laughs> 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 it had the right results at the end of it as well. So, <laughs> well, Although I'll send you a jersey. You can wear it next season. Yes, that sounds good to me. So, because okay. Tara's got um, Tara's got an England scarf and a Leicester City scarf, but I feel like I've tricked her because I'm kind of like 
bringing her into it after we've won everything. So like Leicester, <laughs> right. Leicester, don't, Leicester doesn't win that often. And we've we've uh, put a few cuts together and obviously we won the league back in 2016. But uh, yeah, other than that, just busy, 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 busy. Yeah. It's uh, it's hard, isn't it? Are you, in, you, are you in your new place? I've always said, right, well, once we get to the end of this job, once we get to the end of this, then we'll do it. But I've just realised like, there is never going to be time if we wait for that. So I'm just going to now say, right, a day next week, a day the week after, whenever it is, 100% that's when we go. Because otherwise it is never going to happen. And it is like, yeah. it, it is weighing on my mind a bit. But but yeah, I mean, that's life, isn't it? You're waiting for the perfect time. There, you're, It's never going to happen. Exactly. For anything. I mean, for anything. Yeah. You know? exactly yeah. right yeah it's like me not wanting a girlfriend because because i've put on four stone <laughs> well if i go well if i get on if I put myself back on the fucking market now what kind of fat biffer am i going to get interested in this fat gun? <laughs> <laughs> so what's the point do you know what i mean yeah. might as well admit to myself that i'm going to bin her off when i get in shape or i'm just going to be incredibly nervous of her binning me off when something better comes along for her <laughs> Right, right, right. So I've, just, I've just i've just sworn off women my fucking in, my, my mobile internet's gone through the roof so i'll let you put that one together yourself <laughs> oh. are you still in there i've just got a poorly belly again oh is that why you're breathing so deeply <laughs> right so love and thunder let's just Get in with just general thoughts, and then we'll go into more sort of nuance and details with the characters, um, the the behind the camera stuff, and, and the MCU in general. So, I think most people know what I think about this. So, what I'm <laughs> I'm going to save my thoughts and let Tim take take lead on this. So, go on, Tim. In a couple of sentences, how did you feel when you got out of that cinema? Okay, so I saw the movie last night, um, late last night. It was a full theater, almost. I mean, COVID, like post-COVID full, you know what I mean? Like maybe yeah, half yeah, full. Yeah. <laughs> I find that that's generally a good way to see MC movies, at least on the first cut, because you get like the fun crowd. You, you can get kind of into it with people, you know? I'll usually see the movie by myself at least one other time, you know, so I can like just zero in yeah, on yeah. it. Notwithstanding the fact that the theater was like practically, like I said, post-COVID full, I at the end when I walked out, I was like, God, how long was that? And it turns out it was less than two hours long, but it felt mm. like 50% longer to me. I was gravely disappointed in the movie, which is sad because I love the first door. Like that was the first MCU movie I saw. I have a special place in my heart for like oh, the characters. So good. So the first one was just so interesting because it was unexpected that it was going to be a comedy. I just did not think that i just didn't have any sense of that because it's hard to think back but at the time like, the only comic book movies that there were, were relatively dark dc movies like, marvel didn't have you know didn't have a pedigree at that point so the fact that it was mm. a comedy i thought it was great i remember leaving that one this is fucking great it's almost become a parody of itself how yeah. many bad jokes can we shoehorn in that are just yeah. ill-timed yeah there's a couple things i admire about the movie but in general i would say that it's it was like a real disappointment to me I fucking hate this film. I like, <laughs> like from the depth of who I am as a person, from the depth of my corporal form, I <laughs> hate this film. Yeah. And do you know what annoys me the most about it? No, <laughs> there's no most. This is just, a, let me tell you this. 
you know you've got the neck brake seats at the front and then you've got like um, a little walkway and then you've got the higher ups with the steeper yeah. pit. I mm-hmm. sit on the back row of that front section so it's on top of me. So the screen's swallowing me. I feel like yeah. I'm a part of it. Okay. And nobody else sits in them because I went mid-afternoon on, on the Friday. And I realised I was shaking my head and tutting consistently because of the, the relentlessness of the puerile, frivolously juvenile jokes one after the other the destruction of thought as a character and i was shaking my head i realized that sometimes my hands were sides of my head like like i was like an angry italian at a taxi bank who's just been cutting and i thought to myself God, there's no way people aren't noticing how I had to stop myself under my breath going for fuck's sake I wanted to stand up say something really pertinent look at everyone else and say you are better than this and walk yeah. out but what I realized was I need to walk out in myself I'm getting too agitated with it I weren't going to go back in and then I remembered that we were doing this <laughs> <laughs> so well so here's the funny thing I went back in and so like people can see my head shaking my arms in the air and all that sort of shit I slouched down on my seat. I moved my feet around so I could just put them on the one next to me. This is the contrivance about it. Once it tried to settle down and it was having some calm moments, I actually fell asleep. Mm. I wasn't even angry about it. I was angry about Ragnarok. And this is what gets on my tits. I think one of the main reasons that people are reacting to this is because how it treated a stage four cancer arc, how it treated the God Butcher arc. Because people are familiar with those, so that they have expectations. My problem with Ragnarok, I accept that this is objectively a good film. I accept that I do find myself enjoying moments in it. But when you're calling this film Ragnarok, and this is going back to the Avengers Disassembled, the beginning of the Bendis era in Marvel Comics, mm. they, they cut off, there was too many Avengers, there was too many X-Men. So what they did was House of M to take the mutant population down so it was manageable canonically. And they did Avengers Disassembled. And then Bendis took over with new Avengers and all that sort mm. of shit. With that, they got rid of Thor for a couple of years on the Ragnarok arc. I mean, I've spoken about this previously, but he's trying to stop Ragnarok as he does in the film. And he gets to a part where, and I've probably spoken about this before, but at the World Tree, he goes to the World Tree for answers because he's failing. And this is like the beginning of the third act in that six issue or five issue series. And he's saying, what do I need to give? I've given everything I can. And then he thinks of his dad leaves an eye in battle. So he takes an eye out and gives it to the world tree and nothing happens. And he's like, how foolish am I? All I've done is matched my father. This is just a gesture. It's no more than that. It's me thinking I can match my father. I need to go further for it to have meaning. So he takes his other eye out, gives it to the world tree. And he sits there defeated as a hero, defeated as a leader, defeated as a man. One panel, it says, what have I done? How can I help my my people now? Because I'm both a fool and blind. And to me, that's one of the most precisely pertinent, powerful series of cells I've read in a Marvel comic. It's unbelievable. And it was about this, the ability to let go of something you love to find something better later on. This is the thing that pissed me off as well. Everybody focused on the Planet Hulk thing. The film's called fucking Ragnarok. This film is just the next good Taika Waititi film, Ragnarok was. Any of the emotional weight of Odin dying, uh, Asgard, his hammer going, they were addressed better in Infinity War and Endgame than they were actually in Ragnarok. It trampled over it. And to me, if you want Taika to make a Taika film with Thor, 
let's not piss up the wall the three best story arcs that we've had in the last 20 years because yeah. they're gone now they'll never be able to be used again because what we don't want is like an x-men situation was well that kind of was dark phoenix but we've had a soft reboot and now we're going to do that again the thing that gets me as well with chris hemsworth and i know i've said this so many times everybody laughs at the sexy girl's jokes because she's the sexy girl yeah. it's inherent everybody wants to ingratiate themselves to the popular the good looking and talented subconsciously there is that for someone like chris hemsworth and also people like a contrivance oh he's really good looking he's so handsome and rugged and muscular oh but you didn't think he was funny because he's so handsome he isn't he's like conversational funny with you you've got a funny guy in your friends if he was to do stand-up, he'd die in his ass because all he's yeah. doing is reacting to what other people are saying. Putting on a silly voice and saying something slightly out of context isn't yeah. a joke. There's no setup. There's no punchline. There's no capture and release. Someone does something, well, I think something silly that relates to what's just happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah. like, just fuck off. You're not well, yeah, funny. Exactly. What's so good about the first one, and you can only do it with one because it's fish out of water. 10 years and like more i forget when the first thor came out it would have been like 2010 something like that yeah we're a decade into thor this is his fourth movie he's been in every avengers movie plus some additional ones like how like to what like at what point do we have to give up the fish out of water thing how can he still be a fish out of water i love dark world as well i think it's an epic it sits underneath lord of the rings quite a way below but as an epic I think the tone's there. I think it does have comedic moments, like biblical Cain and Abel type situation. Yeah, fair enough. Malekith was a bit of a dull, dull blade as a, as a villain. But that end sequence is great when they're flipping through all the dimensions and he's chasing yeah. his hammer and then he, he has to go on the tube with it. Like there was some comedic notes. That part where you have Chris Evans playing, um, Loki playing Captain America where the uh, dark elves come through and they just really well orchestrated choreographed warfare yeah it works and also yeah. the way that they all play their little parts in it like a heist film that classic heist trope whereby as they're talking through how they're doing it you see the video of them doing it like it's yeah yeah i, I really liked it and again I'm not i'm not trying to say people are wrong for not liking it but from that can you imagine if they'd held their nerve let's say the last two films after endgame how did it work i don't know but let's say if we did like a war of the wet realms sort of thing mm-hmm. but kept it fairly compacted that would that could have worked if they'd have gone into like this like lord of the Rings star trilogy ragnarok complete um tone change people generally liked it but in this it didn't work it was relentless it was just one thing after another and one of my biggest concerns is when he said it's even going to be even more wacky even more crazy and you're dealing with a type 4 cancer arc how do you fit that in when you go to somebody the gore arc where it's like someone is that tragically impressioned by events in their lives and feels so um, let down by the gods how do you fit that in I, I and those it felt like completely different films the silly totally. the, the daft cunt chris hemsworth parts even that i was like why are the guardians acting like this like the only one that yeah. was believable was mantis <laughs> like i was yeah. like this isn't how they're written so and weird that, that whole thing was like crazy and then 
I almost blocked this out, but the whole stuff where they had Matt Damon in the movie playing Loki, mm-hmm. I was just like, can we fucking please with this? Like, yeah, yeah. come on. That that made me so irritated. I hate like going for a big joke, tongue in cheek, kind of like wink wink to the audience and just fails completely. There's mm. one guy in my theater who was laughing like the whole time. And I think everyone else was like not having fun. Yeah, yeah. That's you the know? thing. British audiences are quite reserved. But if you go in the first couple of days, people will at least laugh out loud. It was it yeah. was definitely silent. I think the part the part that did me the most is when he does the John Claude Van Damme splits. And I was like, I'm out. I can't do this. I, 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 so, that was when I, I couldn't do it. I I'm, honestly, if this is, if this is it, I'm out. I can't, I, I cannot. And so bad. Not only was it tonally destructive, there were three films going on here. There's the whole thing about Athenian gods with Zeus, Gore, and then you have Mighty Four, Jane Foster art. What I don't understand is why you needed Gore and Jane Foster, Mighty Thor. They are chasms apart in the comics. One of them is the the Mighty Thor with Assad Rebbit and Jason Aaron. We then yeah. have an eight-part miniseries of Who is Lady Thor. Then we have a 12-part miniseries where it's revealed. And then you have the 50-issue run, which basically has her as... No, sorry, it's God of Thunder is, is the uh, Gore one. God of Thor, God of Thunder is the Asad Ribich one. And then it's the Mighty Thor is, is the one with Jay. Because the first arc is the God Butcher and the second arc is the God Bomb. So you probably have about 40 issues in between them. Two very complicated, very earnest, very well-considered arc that are miles apart. The first cut of this was over four hours. And that's not to say that was the one. That's just all the available material. And then they start to refine it. Yeah. This was poorly edited. Gore was, wasn't it in it. We didn't see him killing any of the fucking gods. It was like that scene at Endgame when they're like, who's alive and who's dead? And they have it on the screens. It reminded yeah. me of that. Gore could have been anybody, anybody at all. It didn't matter. Whatever you want. The pertinence of his character was just completely eviscerated. How can you have a, a villain that's threatening when you never see him posing a threat? Yeah. So yeah. you've got these three films that are all fighting. Canonically, the Gore film's a problem because it's piss poor writing. The Jane Foster one's insulting because you need to treat stage four cancer with more respect. Yeah. It was just tagged on. I don't want to yeah. say they were fighting for prominence. They just all sort of collapsed under each other's weight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree. I don't know. Yeah. The way they're all, they're, that they're weaved together undermines like, any emotional weight or or narrative weight that any of them would have individually mm. Mm. you know so painful and then also where's cat dennings like can we get some of her more of her the only scene she's in is that is that like sad chemo scene and it was the only one where i actually felt like it was an issue yeah and they do nothing to explain during the way when she turns into thor they never, first of all, you've got one of the most prominent moments when she actually, for the first time, turns into Thor as a flashback, and we don't see it. Totally. And then, like every time, there should have been a scene whereby when she's hiding what it's doing to her, when she walks away and she staggers or, yeah. or she collapses under the weight of, because all the chemo's gone out of her, and then she goes back and the doctors are like, we can't explain it, but it stopped working. This It's just piss poor writing. And for me, they cut out the Peter Dinklage scenes. Oh, who's the guy from Jurassic Park? 
Chris you know, Sartre, right? No, well, it speaks a little bit like this. But if you come over here, then we'll do a little hmm, space-time oh. continuum. Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Heaney. Is it Lauren Heaney? Something like that? Yes. Let me have a look. Heaney's your last. Yeah, Lena, not Lauren, Lena he uh, Heady. She was paid $7 million for a role that was completely cut out of this. What I think's happened, and we talked about Ike Perlmutter oversight and how it was strangling, like he wouldn't do a black character because no one's going to go watch it. He won't do a female character because no one will go and watch it. And I, I'm not saying that they shouldn't have done, but all I'm saying is, but it seems now that Feige has no oversight. And all he's doing is saying, we're detailing the four set pieces and you have to fit in whatever you want to fit in in between those yeah, set yeah. pieces. Say, for example, Black Widow, they already had the set pieces written and they had to get from point A to B to C to D. And that's how that film was written. There you go. Yeah. Now write your film in between it. It feels like the oversight's gone for me. What's what's most painful is when, I mean, we like Black Widow, but it's not universally liked. Eternals yeah. was a problem. It, people either yeah. liked it or didn't, but very divisive. I thought Shang-Chi was painful, as did you, but people generally seem to like it. Spider-Man, great film, but it was, yeah. so, let's say it's Sony, for, for argument's sake, yeah, with, and it's, with Marvel oversight. Doctor Strange it, yeah. was, was weak. And now we've got this. I'm kind of like, do you know what? I'm not excited for the next one anymore. I know, dude. I, I actually had forgotten that this was coming out until like last week. Me too. Me too. Um, I, yeah. I got my tickets yeah. on the day. I've now like softened in my interest in Eternals too. Like I was like fair. I was comparatively high on it at the time. Mm. I, I'm now like, eh, not as high on it. I mean, I, I would say I was not as high. I was not high, high on it. I found it to be like admirable and it's like noble failure. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and now I'm like not even that into it. So like, I agree. I think we've had a few duds. I think I liked Doctor Strange more than you did. But and going back to like Endgame, it's not like at that point, it was clear, like everyone was going to be some version of a banger, you know, and now yeah, I'm like, yeah. well, is this going to be successful at all? You know, yeah. any of this. Yeah. And honestly, the, the the one I like the best is Black Widow, probably. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. Still. Still. Yeah. And I, I still think it's great. Um, yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's awesome, but I, man, I've I've been like, oh wait, well, no, no, no. I guess Spider Man too. That was I I love that one too. But um, yeah, yeah, I would say less than half of these, you know, that I've I've actually like straight up liked. Yeah, uh, and uh, there's none of them that I really want to go back to. In actual fact, contrarily to that, they're things that I'm happy to just put on while I fall asleep, and I can turn away and nod off within Eternals, 15 yeah. minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, well, I did that a lot with Eternals, <laughs> but even like Shang Chi because it has long interrupted speaking parts. I know I'm pretty safe. Like if I can put up with the special effects for 15 minutes, there's going to be a part whereby this is where I nod off. <laughs> yeah, right, right, <laughs> right. My cousin and one of my good friends, Dan, they both said, like, Endgame, no, that was pretty much it for them. Like, they felt satiated by a conclusion to the story. Yeah. And I think the biggest problem as well is there's not the... The biggest two characters they have through Flow now are, are Doctor Strange and maybe Spider-Man. Spider-Man's up in the air, and Doctor Strange, while Bumbleduck Cumberstone, he invests in the role, there's no doubt, and he said he'll do it as long as they'll have him. But he's not a charming, charismatic center stage to hang your hat on. He's not totally. like Chris Evans. He's not like um, Chris Pratt or uh, Chris Hemsworth when done correctly. What annoys me when you said fish out of water, there was growth and it culminated in, in Infinity War and Endgame. 
there was clear progression after Ragnarok, and then he just goes back to being a dumb fucker here. Like, it totally. doesn't make sense. Who watched this and any of the pre-screenings and went, this is where this character needs to be now? Exaggerate like tenfold. Two different versions of the character, one in the team movies and one in his individual movies. It's almost just like all that stuff never happened. It's like night and day. Yeah. Even when you look at what he was doing in Ultron, when he was like, I've got to go away because something's happening uh, off world that needs my attention. You guys have got that. That shows like an emotional intelligence. And also the whole of the first Thor film was about him not being a dick. And then realizing, oh, if I'm going to stand a chance at being a good king, I need to not be a dick. Yeah. If they're saying to me, we're going individual films now, don't, don't invest too much into it. Fine. I'll do that. I'll do it. Happy to do it. But you're not. Because all I'm getting from Feige is we're, you're going to know. Soon you're going to know. It's easy to spot a failed comedy because like in, a, in an actual comedy that worked, I guess they don't pay attention because you're laughing, but like they must build in these pauses after like a good joke for people yeah, to laugh yeah, and yeah. start picks yeah, yeah. up again. And they, I, they clearly attempted to do that with this movie, mm. but it just felt ill-timed because mm. the jokes never landed. It's just like yeah. a joke and their pause for laughter that never comes. And then like the movie continues on. It was just like so bizarrely edited that way. Uh, do you know with a good comedy, say Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, volume one, when you rewatch it, the expectation for the joke is as good as yeah. the surprise of the joke the first time. Go on, say it. Come on. Yeah. yeah Go on. Right, right. No, I know it's coming. Come on. Come on. <laughs> yeah. so, almost went back and watched it the day after for two reasons yesterday. First one, was to see like how bad it is without that element of surprise. The second one was so I could actually walk out and create get the scene. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, YTT, and then walk out. <laughs> oh God. I'm I'm kind of I'm a little bit over him, to be honest. It's kind of like the misstep in the way that Feige was saying the Eternals that we've got our first Oscar bait film. I'm like, okay. Who's overseeing what you're doing now? Because this is happening far, far too often. Yeah. Do you think it's because he spread too thin with all the TV shit? Or do you just might think be. that it's, he's lacking oversight? It, it, I mean, it might be spread too thin, but it might, might also be like, I don't know. Like, it, it seemed like they had an idea from the very beginning of, of um, Iron Man, like what the arc was going to be. And maybe they still yeah, yeah, do. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's like the thing is Secret Wars, not they're building towards that. But... I mean, part of it's just the sheen is sort of like rubbed off. With each iteration of the MCU, it's it's harder to meet expectations because the expectations have been yeah. set so high. But I don't know, man. It might be oversight. Because uh, Alan Horn's gone from the yeah. was it, um, second in charge. Um, Bob Iger's gone. You've got Bob Chapek that's pissing everybody off. I can't see who Feige's reporting to anymore because it was a very linear Kevin Feige, Alan Horn, Bob Iger at the top a linear line of command. Now, I would, who does he go to? I've heard more, more of the executives below him, Victoria Alonso, like um, Esposito, and Nate Moore's a name that's popping up more and more. So we're hearing less about the oversight and more about the, the people that are picking up these IPs. You know, it's interesting. We talked, this is probably like a year ago, I would think. We talked about Disney's restructuring. It had, it, mm-hmm. I think it, we talked about it in the context of like, the Disney Plus shows being launched, right? So it would have been yeah, like yeah, yeah. a year, a year and a half ago. And speculating about what impact that could have. And it seems like the failures, to, to the extent they are failures of the of the cinematic, not TV, but the MCU 
uh, these yeah, yeah. theaters has corresponded or, or is correlated with that restructuring. I think I'm a little hotter on the TV projects than, than most people. I think that, oh, I love Hawkeye. I did yeah. like Hawkeye. But again, with that and Black Widow, it's just giving this like phase one stuff. It's just a guy with a totally. problem and it's not totally. complicating it too much. That one had the advantage of, he never had his own standalone films. You know, it's yeah. like, so there's lots of material to mine there in the Hawkeye character and the Hawkeye sort of lineage. So, I mean, that's in that sense, you're right. It is like, it's phase one-ish in that yeah. respect. I don't know. I think it's, it kind of feels like you've got like a, a proprietary love for it, whereby I've invested so much, so I own a part of it emotionally. When it lets you down, it you struggle with it a little bit. And yeah, it's the opposite of when you find a band that you like and you want everybody to know about it because it's your favorite new band. But then when they become popular, Except you don't, you don't like it because yeah. everyone knows. It's yeah. kind of like the reverse of that now that I don't like it, but I don't want everybody else to not like it. I don't want everybody else to tell me it's great when it's not. Do you know what I mean? It's <laughs> right. the same sort of thing. Where this is going to hurt it the most, it's, it's like Transformers fatigue, whereby... The dark, not dark night, last night, whatever it was, still got the billion because on the on because everybody liked the previous film, but then Bumblebee, despite it being a great film, on the back of the last one being poor, they're not going to see the hit now, but the next round of films, we're going to see whether whether they can hold yeah, their yeah, own totally. or not. Because if people start saying, "Oh, it's going to hit a billion or whatever," it probably will do. That's not the box office that we need to be concerned with. I mean, what do we have coming up this year? We've got Black Panther 2. That's got to be up in the air. I mean, you know, like no longer having, um, uh, what's his face? What is his face? Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. I mean, that that is totally up in the air. They needed to just buy, they, they were silly to make an announcement. They should have left it and they should have recast him. Yep. It, it's that yep. straightforward. Because not only have you taken off Star, uh, Rogers off the table, you've also taken Black Panther off the table. Captain Marvel's out, out in space, so she's not going to have any agency. Hulk can't appear in anything. Black Widow's dead. Hawkeye's off the table for the big scope stuff. So you're mm -hmm. kind of like, well, who have we got left? We haven't got anybody. And I know at the time people make emotional decisions and, and you can understand that. But at the same time, it was the wrong decision to be made. I just want to talk briefly about the fake out deaths again. And like with Korg, I was like, oh, that was one of the few moments where I was like, oh, okay, no, I get that. I like that. I like it when Korg died. But then they just picked up his face. And I was, I would have had more respect if they picked up a pe pebble with everything all the time, all at once, like googly eyes on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like picked up one of those, like in some like meta like reference. A little, like a mini group type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would, I would have been more inclined with that one. The whole James, oh, oh God. The whole Jane Foster thing is where she sacrifices herself. And again, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. No, I, I can kind of get it. It's sad. It's not earned in any way. You've not built yeah, totally. up to this. It's just a choice that you made. But okay, at least we've gone this route. Now, in the comics, where that had pertinence was because Odin met her in Valhalla. And Jane Foster and Odin, Odin was like, get that mortal out of out of the city. She doesn't deserve to be here. The way that they kept her being allowed in there is because Frigga liked her. Frigga had her back, and she put her on the um, uh, like the intergalactic council representation for Asgard. And she was like um, uh, like a doctor, 
in Asgard to, to cover her back. But Odin was very much against her being there. His brother, Bor, was also... It's his brother, isn't it? Bor, Bor I think, was, was actively um, sort of a bad actor against her. And why that scene had was felt most at the end of the Jane Foster Mighty Thor run was because Odin met her at the gates and not only did he greet her with open arms, he said, it's not your time yet. You've got more work to do and sent her back. The whole contrivance with taking the children as well. And do you know all those children were cast members' children? Oh, is that right? Yeah, Christian Bale, um, Chris Hemworth, every, whoever had a child was brought on set. Even the little girl was Chris Hemsworth's daughter. At the no end. kidding. Yeah. And that whole thing at the end was such a, if that, then what? And I'm always one of these people that says, look, dude, it doesn't have to make sense. How can that happen when they said that two years ago? Easy. The screenplay hadn't been written for this film yet. That's <laughs> yeah, the exactly. only fucking answer we need. That's the only yeah. answer we need. Why Why didn't the Eternals get involved in Infinity War? Because this script hadn't been written yet. Simple. Easy. Just accept it. Walk away. But when you've got uh, one of the cosmic entities one of the like celestial beings in like uh, in eternity everybody gets one question and i know it's specifically gore that found this route to it that one question would have been handy on multiple occasions right and and now going forward now that thor knows about this one question well celestial coming from the center of the earth sort of thing like how, how do you how do you work around that the other celestial just fucked off and said you've got two years to prove yourself sort of thing like <laughs> how, how, like Disney Plus shows whereby people are just getting on with this shit. There's not like a mass panic about potentially world-ending events coming in in now what would be 18 months. <laughs> <laughs> right. They're um they're over-egging the pudding. Yes. They're expanding the the cosmology of it far too quickly, exponentially. Mm. And I feel like they're misusing him again with Gore. How good would it have been if he turned up at the end of Moon Knight and got rid of uh, Conchu and a couple of the others? would have been sweet it would have been sweet and the whole Athenian thing as well that ridiculous Greek accent that um, oh Russell Crowe Russell Crowe is putting on is an in-joke to an Australian TV programme oh it's great like fucking yeah fuck great so the most sparsely populated country in the world gets gets to laugh at it <laughs> right these mid-credit stingers like Eros has just appeared with Pip the Troll, and then Thea just appears and fucks off with Doctor Strange. And now yeah. we've got Hercules. Hercules, what a bizarre casting, by the way. And they, I one hundred dollars to donuts are telling you that they would see CGI muscles because he can't be that heavily built. Going back to Ted Lasso, yeah, 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 yeah. One hundred percent, they were CGI muscles and not good ones. That's the worst CGI since Pip the Troll. And before Pip the Troll, Bruce Banner's head was mysteriously floating above the Hulk Buster at the end of Infinity War. <laughs> That's why it was so quick as well. It just went to him and goes, "Right, I suppose I better get on with it then." Where the fuck's this? Jason Statham did like what? <laughs> I suppose I better get on with it then. Oh, so dude, I got, forgot about him. We've, oh, we've, so we've got Russell Crowe doing, like, a, his best Jared Leto, mysterious, like, Southern European accent. And now we've got this guy that's, like, it's who speaks so slow, and it's like he's he's got asthma all the time as well. I'll go you know, get him for you. Shut up. Fuck off. 
And also, how when, boring and anticlimactic was Zeus's lightning? Pathetic. It didn't do anything for me. Like it's anything. like a, you've got an, another high-powered weapon when you already had two two in the locker. Like it was yeah. just completely gratuitous. This film felt like it didn't have a second act. There was a lot of rushed introductions, a lot of rushed introductions. Then this, and the rushed introductions with all the silly jokes. So the actual introductions was very little. Do you know what this feels like? This feels like the whole first act was supposed to be in the Guardians film that would, would have come out before this had James Gunn not been fucked off. So they mm. had to fit that in at the beginning with introducing Gore, with introducing Jane Foster, Mighty Thor with stage four cancer. And then the middle act, completely garrulous and without purpose. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like what they did visually with the final act in the same way that I really like the music battle in Multiverse of Math. <laughs> Natalie Portman is it? academy winning academy level actress and you've got her making willy jokes she's yes. not a funny person all no. of her jokes fell flat the whole the whole i need a catchphrase thing it's like look ytc if you don't want to fucking do this and respect it for what it is take it seriously sure be a funny guy but don't just deconstruct something because do you know what there's a bunch of there's a bunch of low budget films out there already that's done this Mystery Man, yeah, Mystery Man. We had um, the James Gunn one, Super, as well. Woody Harrelson one, as well. I think it was called Defender. Like, and all all those films perform ten times better than this does because you know why? They're not proper superhero films. This is, it's a, but it, it's the source material and the parody. Like, yeah. how do, you're never going to make that work. You can't recast Jane Foster at this point. But what you can do is write for the tools at your disposal. Take the job for the tools that you have. Right. And again, we've, with bringing eternity and we've complicated the, the hierarchy of metaphysical gods, beings, again, we've added another complexity to it. I, I, I just don't know where, we, where you go from there. I don't know where, where we go from this point onwards. I almost don't even care. It's not like I don't care, but it, it kind of don't in a sense. Like... I'm so beaten down by the last couple movies yeah. that I don't know. I mean, it's it would take something like pretty interesting, maybe like the next Guardians to get me like very pumped up. I like two things about it. And even one, like it's only a modest like like the first time they showed. Um, what's what's his the what's the axe's name? What's the name of that weapon? The star? Oh, OK. Stormbreaker. Yeah. yeah Stormbreaker. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. that was kind of funny the first time it like kind of slow moved into the screen. Yeah. But okay. they watched that yeah. joke like yeah, five yeah. times. Yeah. It's like, okay. By the yeah. fifth time, it's like, all right, that's not funny anymore. But the first like time or two, I thought it was like quite, uh, I was very amused by that. And the other thing I thought was awesome was there's that fight scene towards the end where they play the guitar solo from Guns N' Roses' November Rain, which I thought was like very slick. But that's because I love that guitar solo. Like, I had nothing yeah. to do with the actual, like, footage necessarily. <sighs> yeah. I, um, yeah, I, I, I can't, I, I hate it. I hate it almost on a spiritual level. <laughs> it's so bad, dude. <sighs> Shall we call it there then, Tim? Yeah, let's do it. It's been good therapy. <laughs> yes, it <does>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so... We jumped straight in at the beginning, but you can find us online on Twitter, the end underscore pod. You can find us on Instagram, the end underscore pod. 
You can find us on all streaming locations for your favorite podcast locations, like SoundCloud, like an Apple podcast, like um, Spotify. Yay! <laughs> so whether you found this on YouTube, where I've chopped it up and put it on there, go and check out the podcast. We're great. We're not, I'm not usual, usually a miserable fucker like this. Only when I'm reviewing the recent MCU films. We'll do a film I like sooner or later. <laughs> Over to you, uh, Ryan Kugler. Uh, but uh, you can find us on all those platforms. So like, share, follow, comment, tell a friend, pass the pod. But until next time, we have been, and this is the end. Ah. <laughs> uh.